this. I hate you. I hate the people that listen. God, this is such a pain in the ass. I hope you cut that out. We're not even halfway there. What are we doing? Hello! And <laughs> welcome to Friends Till the End. Your one-stop shop for all things friends. As we run down the classic sitcom, episode by episode. I'm Michael. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the person who is recorded more episodes of podcasts than she's ever listened to. It's uh, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Michael. How you doing? Great. How are you doing? Good. That was a very true fact. It is a very true fact. I've been trying to listen to more podcasts lately, but I have recorded more than I've listened to, yes. I've asked you before, but what are some podcasts that you like? I like a new one that's come out called Mars Fall. Ooh. It's really cool. It almost sounds like a movie. It's it's uh, done really well. It takes place in space, and it um, kind of follows the the captain and her crew and just all these disasters keep happening, and it really feels like a movie. In fact, I get stressed out when listening to it while driving because I get really invested. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very well done, and I really recommend anyone that's interested in sci-fi. It's kind of like, kind of runs with Star Trek a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I recommend anyone listen to it. It's called Mars Fall. Mars Fall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah it's I love, a newer one I'm listening to. I'm always looking for something to stress me out for half an hour or so. Yeah, I've listened to it too. It's good. It's yeah. really good. Great mm-hmm. great production values, all that. Good story. Yeah. Love it. So we're back on our home turf after our, our international travels. Feels good to be back on in the old studio, on the old couch. We've just finished um, watching season three, episode 19. We're getting the end of... Season three is in sight. Is it? How many more do we have? I think, wow, it's usually about 23, 24. So oh, okay. we've got like another five episodes or so to go on this season. Mm-hmm. So it's coming to an end. Do you got you got any predictions for a big series um, climax? Of course I do. What have you got? Freaking Rachel and Ross are going to get back together. You think that's going to happen before yeah. the end of the season? Yeah, I think probably like the last episode, the last minute or some, some crap. They kind of leave you on a cliffhanger at times, so I think they... They might. Okay, so that's where you think we're going. You think they'll be able to sew that up in five episodes? You think that's enough time? Yep, because okay. even this episode they left on a cliffhanger. I mean, they've only been split up for three or four episodes. God, it's felt like a long time. That's just because we've been so sporadic with our output. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've just finished watching season three, episode 19. The one with the tiny t-shirt. This was an episode that you'd you'd seen a little thumbnail for before. Yep, on Netflix. On Netflix, you see Ross in his little snug little Frankie Says Relax white tee. It reminds me of Zoolander every time I see that. Oh. That song is in it. Indeed. Relax. Relax. Is that how it goes? Not even a little bit. You got one word right, though, I suppose. Well, the, the most important word, though. True. So this episode was first shown on American television back on the 27th of March, 1997. Yeah, 1997. Mm-hmm. But the question is, to how many people watched it that first time around? Last episode, 28.1 million. Saw a big spike in viewership. Where do you think we're at for this one? I think we're at 27 even. 27 even? Mm-hmm. I'll say 26.9. Just... 
fine. Well, look, there's more numbers over 26.9 than there are under it. So if anything, I'm giving myself the disadvantage here. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, anyway, the correct answer is... 23.7! Oh, wow! Yeah. They lost a ton! Suck it! Yes, suck it. Very good. They lost a lot of viewers. Wow. Kind of like our this episode. I'm sure we've lost a lot of listeners after our hiatus. Uh, if you're still listening, we love you. So this episode opens with, I think, probably one of the best openings we've, we've seen in quite a while. Yeah. We've got Gunther pouring coffee for Rachel. She's sitting up at the counter. It's hard to believe, probably just like nine episodes or so, they were colleagues serving coffee shoulder to shoulder, and now <laughs> she sits in front of him, a high-powered business woman, big wheel in the fashion industry in New York, the greatest city in the world, and he's still there, and he's just looking at her in, like, amazement. What a difference nine episodes can make. And we get a wee bit of an inner monologue for old Gunther. We sure do. He's just sitting there, you know, practicing ways to ask her out in his head saying, oh, you know, Rachel, what would you think about us going out to dinner sometime as your lover? Or he just kept saying, as your lover. He would come up with, like, pretty pretty decent, just sort of like, hey, you want to grab coffee sometime? But he would always end it with, as your lover. <laughs> and it, was, it was pretty good. He's clearly extremely socially awkward. We've seen friends experiment with the inner monologue every now and again, like when Chandler was stuck in the... ATM best of you during the blackout. Oh, yeah. That so was it was good. pretty good. Like, yeah. Always get their inner thoughts. They always seem to write that quite well. Did you like getting a glimpse into the mind of Gunther? I did like it. <laughs> he is a. He's funny. Funny, yet maybe disturbing character. He wears these really bright colored clothes. Oh, today. Did you see what he was wearing today? Yeah, the red and black on But it was like the Ace of Clubs. Yeah, like an Ace of Clubs mm, waistcoat. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And then you see him like five minutes later in a lime green top. So, yeah, he's just really rocking. He has got to have some confidence on him to pull off those outfits. So then what happens, Michael? So he's rehearsing this, and he's about to go for it, For to his credit. It looks as if he's about to launch into it. He's not going to be like Niles Crane and wait five, six seasons to declare his undying love for someone. He's going to mm-hmm. jump right in there. But who should come in? Bloody imper bloody interloper extraordinaire fucking mark he's back do you think his name is spelled m-a-r-c because that's how i picture it <laughs> do you why yeah. is that worse yeah. well no but i just picture him with a c okay instead of the k uh, he's a right c all right oh, anyway he arrives gunther is put off for a while, disheartened, but maybe not dejected, but not given up completely. No, I mean, he's staring at the conversation <laughs> that Mark and Rachel are having. Yeah. I mean, staring them down, trying to, you know, dry a coffee mug or whatever. Mm-hmm. Poor Gunther. Mark admits to Rachel that he, he's got a little bit of a crush on her. So, so, Ross was right. All along. Or do you think it developed later? No, I don't think so. So you think from the beginning, even though he was with someone else, he had feelings for her? Of course. Because he was a stranger that, like, put his neck out mm. so that she could get a job interview. I mean, he could have just thought she was extremely attractive, but not so- that he was going to develop feelings and have a relationship nah. with her. Maybe just like, oh. oh, she's hot. I could, like, have her as eye candy around the office, blah, blah, blah. Elizabeth, you're giving Mark so much credit that he does not deserve. Mark with a C. Yeah. So, yeah, got... 
Ross was right all along. Gunther, upon hearing this, excuses himself and goes into the back. And you hear a large smashing and crashing. <laughs> it's quite funny. And then he comes back out again and realizes everyone's staring. And he's just like, I dropped a cup. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And it just kept going on and on. <laughs> it was great. Poor Gunther. Gunther's so good. Do you see why I like Gunther so much? Yes, I do. Yes. Hooray. It's not just me. All right. Uh, yeah, so then the episodes, we we go, we open into the episode. Mm-hmm. You're singing along every every time now. You love it. Well, now I know the words. Yeah. Except for the end. Is it because you need me? Because you're there for me too? We've been over this we, so many because times. We're the, because Cause you're there for me too. Because you're there for I'll me be there too. for you because you're there for me too. Not and you're there for me too? No. Literally every time we have this conversation. Because you're there for me too. Now, 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 now. Like the little switch. switch is, it, is the lighting is it still off? Yes, uh, it's still off. Is it the best theme tune for a song? Is it the best TV theme tune of all time? No. No. Okay. But we've, we've, asking. we've already been through your favorites. I was just wondering if it had grown on you. Over I don't there. remember what I've even said though, to be honest. Okay. So we open. Um, Monica's been on a date with old Pete Becker. Pete Becker's back. You glad to see John Favreau making a return? A.K.A. Tony Stark. Eh. Eh? Don't care. No? No. Oh, so you're kind of in the same boat as Monica there. <laughs> you guys are both kind of just... Yeah. Yeah. Good. Pretty much. Yeah, they, they seem to be getting along very well. Having fun. But then when it comes to, like, saying goodnight, she just gives him a, a quick peck on the cheek. Yes. And then she's through that door. Not taking any chances with these millionaire types. They're all sexual predators. So she's just getting... Getting out of the way. It's very topical. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so she goes into her apartment. The gang's all there. And by gang, I mean people that don't live in her apartment are all there. So Phoebe, Ross, and Chandler. Yes. They're all there. Monica kind of debriefs her date. She's like, he's great. He's awesome. But I'm just not that into him. And why? He's a nice guy. And why isn't she into him? She's not attracted to him. Yes. Yeah. That's the only thing. She's like, he could be a perfect boyfriend every way else. But I'm just not attracted to him. Which is fair enough. you got to be attracted to someone no, if you're going to be in a relationship. These bloody women, they spend all their time complaining about how men treat them like shit. And then when they finally find a nice guy, just put him in the friend zone. Ow, stop hitting me. <laughs> I deserve it. I'm a nice... <laughs> no, I don't deserve it. I'm a nice guy. No, no, no. Friend zone is such a sexist term. <laughs> no, she, you wouldn't date someone that you weren't attracted to, would you? I mean, I do. Um, Joey prances in, all cock of the walk. He does prance around. in. Yeah, that's a good way to... Oh, mommy. Oh, daddy. I'm a big old baddie. <laughs> he's, he's very pleased with himself. I thought he was drunk. Like, I didn't understand why he would just say any of that. He's a big old ba- baddie. <laughs> You know, that's what I say when when I find out something good's happened to me. Mm-hmm. Prancing around. So he just prances in, prances out again, and then someone's like, oh, I guess he got the part in that play. Yeah. We then cut to the Lucille Laurel Theater. First day of rehearsal, he meets um, the woman who's going to be his stage wife, Kate. Mm-hmm. And it's not a great first meeting. No, she doesn't really give him the time of day, and he's clearly attracted to her. Mm-hmm. 
Now, was... who is that actress? She looks very familiar to me. She has no, one of those faces. I don't think he's attracted to her to begin with. Yes, he is. Yeah, if you say so. Yeah, yeah, he is. All right, so the actress... Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is it Dinah Meyer? D-I-N-A? Dina? Dinah Dina or Dinah, yeah. Dinah Meyer, who I recognized as Dizzy from Starship Troopers, which is a movie I'm pretty sure you've never seen before. You you really recognized yeah, her yeah, as yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Or did you go on IMDb and you're like, oh, no, no, that's no, I, no, no, I knew she was from Starship Troopers. She was also in Saw, but I don't remember her in Saw. Uh, okay, so I guess... She just had a face that looked famous to me, so. I guess so. What about, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking if, if she's an actually, you know, does stage more than film. And you think she's more of a Broadway actress? <laughs> yes. I thought it was someone famous that we should know. Well, the IMDb does not list Broadway roles, so I don't know. Okay. So anyway, uh, they meet. He doesn't make a great first impression. Um, it's too bad that Kate hasn't got the part in a Broadway version of Frozen because she's a bit of an ice queen <laughs> to Joey. Yeah, a bit of an ice queen. She's, she gives him a bit of the cold shoulder. <laughs> you putting your hand up for a high five? Yeah. Did I earn it? I earned it. <laughs> yeah. It took me a minute, but I felt, you, I felt bad, so. Uh, okay, I'll take it. I'll take your pity high fives. Yeah, um, she's sort of like, oh, you're a soup opera. She's like all snooty, basically. Yeah, because... I really do think there's a little bit of a divide between people that do stage and people that do film. And people will defend what they do to the death. To be it's fair. It's so different. To be fair, Joey hasn't really done film. But he's done way more... I mean, he's done TV. Yeah. Than, pretty. than stage, so... And he prefers to do Days of film our, and TV. Days of Our Lives isn't really artistically recognized. It's kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. I guess, but it's still, it was a character that was recognizable, you know, won silly awards and went on and on and on. Mm. It was a good paycheck for him. Well, she recognized him from his infomercial in a fun little callback. You remember that infomercial I where do. he was Kevin and he couldn't open a carton of milk? Yeah, because they always have like the silliest things. It's like, you can't open your, don't you hate it when your bread does this? And it's just like your bread flies out of your hand. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in real life, but I, I am entertained by those. I like them. Rachel is in a quandary about whether or not she's going to go on a date with Mark. She talks to Phoebe about it while Gunther lurks in the background to see what her answer is going to be. She decides she's not going to do it because she just doesn't feel like she's going to date anyone right now. And Phoebe's like, okay, well, you obviously feel guilty about Ross and you have issues with your dad. And Rachel's like, I don't have issues with my dad. Yeah, I think she said something like, you're not over Ross. No, I don't think it's... Oh, maybe it is. I thought that's what she yeah, said. Yeah, maybe. And I thought that was going to be the moment that's like, you're right, I'm not. But no. Nah, she's moving on. Onwards and upwards. Moving on. She don't need him. Joy complains about Kate to Chandler in their apartment. While he's doing that, Ross comes in wearing a ridiculous <laughs> leather jacket. It's like 14 sizes too big. It's like, we, we, we used to talk about fashion all the time. Yeah. on this show uh, just during season one when everyone the early 90s people were still trying to find their style but like recently there's not been much to talk about but what he is wearing <laughs> is fucking ridiculous but he's always been known to wear 
weird things and, and a lot a lot of the guys wear oversized shirts it's or mostly chandler that wears the oversized stuff and that's probably because when he was like measured for it he would then go out and go on like a two-week bender and lose like 40 pounds yeah but they'd have access to getting smaller clothes in a, in a gif you know yeah. it's not like a low budget tv show it's fucking friends it's like it's ludicrous. It's like a pleather knockoff of like what Brando was wearing in the Wild Ones. It was just god awful. It's, it's definitely no like Danny Zuko, right? Right. Jacket. And he's coming into the apartment. He is. He's acting all smug, way smugger than anyone wearing that kind of outfit has any business to be. Uh, he's like, "Oh, Rachel called me. She wants to see me. I guess we're getting back together." God, the fucking. The fucking grapefruits on this guy. It's like, yeah. She's missing the old. (laughs) (laughs) She's missing Ross and his old magic fingers. I don't know. Oh, God. God. All right, moving on. (laughs) So then we cut to their apartment. Ross goes around. He's still acting all smug, but he soon stopped dead in his tracks when Rachel only wants to see him to return a box of his stuff. Yeah, and he's like, wait, is this a joke? He's like, are you trying to hurt me? And she's like, she takes a moment. She takes one of those serious acting beats and she kind of looks at him like, no, I'm not trying to hurt you. It's true. And I don't think she was. No, she wasn't. I think she was just saying, okay, I see this stuff around my apartment. It's reminding me of him. I need to move on for myself, for my own sanity. So I'm going to give it to him. I don't know why she couldn't have just like left it on his doorstep, ring the bell or, you know, set up a time to give it to him at the coffee shop or whatever. But yeah, she had him come all the way over to give him that stuff. You know, it's like CDs and... Shirt and you know. Stop me if you've heard this one before, Elizabeth. Rachel is trying to take the high road, be mature, try to make things as painless as possible, and move on with her life. And Ross is being a petulant little child and freaks out and has a tantrum and has a hissy fit and starts, you know, making petty demands from the situation. Yes, but I think the only reason he's doing that is because he honestly thought she was going to come crawling back to him and say, okay, I really want to get back together with you. That's your defense? He was like, oh, she's realized how bad she's got it yeah. without me. I think that's the... And then it was such a shock because it was the complete opposite. That That's why he acted that way. Even though he, he sucks, but you know. You really have changed your tune. I can't, I can't believe you. It was Mora. Yeah. Damn it, Mora. Ever since that episode. Mm-hmm. I still hate him. So he freaks out and he's like, where's all my other stuff? Where's my shirt that you sleep in? And she's like, I love that shirt. And he's like, give it to me. And so she hands over the shirt, and it's, Frankie says, relax, and they have an argument. She's like, you're never going to wear it. And he goes, oh, I'm an eye, and then he puts it on. And then you get that that image that you saw on the little Netflix num- thumbnail of him wearing the shirt. Yeah, you know, it's way too small for him because he wore it when he was a teenager. It actually says Frankie Say Relax on it. No, it doesn't. It says says. Nope, it says Frankie Say Relax. I made a special point to remember to say that. And now Michael's going to go confirm it because he doesn't believe me. I don't believe you. Of course I don't. I'm really good at picking up on those little tiny things. Like the background stuff. damn it. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be damned. Do you know what I think it probably is? What? That's probably like a copyrighted slogan. So they probably couldn't have Frankie Says Relax. It's even better when it just says Frankie Say Relax, though. (laughs) I like that. Anyway, we then cut to Central Perk. Pete is... Hanging out with Monica and the rest of the gang. They're asking him questions, mainly about how much money he has and how rich he is and all that stuff. And Chandler cannot get over the fact that he has that much money and he's their age. And he just keeps saying, 
you're our age. We're the same age. Yep. It's true. I, I think about that too. Sometimes when I meet someone who's wildly successful, I'm just like, where did I go wrong? Elizabeth, you know you're not meeting any successful people. Come on. No, but just Quit like financially. You have a podcast, okay? Yeah, you're and I get doing, paid a ton for it. You're doing just fine. Friends till the end. Uh, Monica's still awkward with them. They go say goodbye and she basically gives them a nuggie. She's like, get out of here, you. Because she's so awkward, she doesn't want to kiss him because she's not attracted to him. Mm-hmm. We then cut to the first rehearsal for Joey and Kate. We find out that it's a tense, romantic drama between a husband and wife. They're having problems and they're squabbling over things. It's kind of an awkward scene. It's like, oh, I love you, but I kiss you, nothing. And they have a kiss and then he's just like, nothing. And Kate is struggling to find her motivation. She doesn't understand why her character would be attracted to a dullard like Joey. Yep. And the director... The director is a very sort of um, frazzled, kind of almost like tortured genius type. And he's Mm. like, peel the onion of the character, presumably. Do you you think that's a bit of a cliche or quite typical of of theatre directors? I mean, I've never heard a director say peel the onion, but it's implied that you need to kind of get into their psyche a bit more and find out their layers and go deep within a character. Mm-hmm. So maybe she just wasn't doing her character development work or whatever. But Joey's like, well, I guess the reason that you'd be attracted to me is because it's in the script. Whose side are you on for that argument? I mean, as an actor, you've done a bit of theater acting. Is it important to find that motivation or should you just shut up and do as you're told? We should find the motivation. Yeah. But ultimately, if it's in the script written that you care about this person, you got to care about them. Yeah. You can't just be like, well... My interpretation of it is that I don't care about him because then that doesn't go along with the words. You have to find a way, you know? I do. I do know. <laughs> I know you know. Yeah. Now we know. Ross sees Rachel going on a date with Mark. It's massively awkward. They kind of walk past him in the hallway. He then spends the rest of his evening doing uh, a pastime that you're very near and dear to your heart, which is uh, peeping, spying on people. It's like having we look through the old, the keyhole, trying to snoop on what people are doing. I don't do that. It's just <laughs> you when... You have your own noise that you make when you're doing it. No, no, no. It's just... Okay, I bet other people can relate to me on this. When you're you know, driving at night or walking by someone's house, and they're on the first floor, and their lights are on, you can see them moving about, you look, because it's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Someone's living yeah. in this house right now, and... Playing the piano, or writing, or nope. cooking dinner, or washing dishes. It's just cool to see it. None of my business. I know, but if they're, they're not closing the blinds, and it's nighttime, and the light is on, your, your eyes are attracted to the light and the movement. Mm. They're asking for it, is what you're saying. <sighs> it's just if they wanted privacy, they'd maybe close the blinds. <laughs> I and I don't stand there and s- <laughs> stare at them. I just walk by, and I'm like, oh, they're washing dishes. Well, you're very defensive about it, and I think <laughs> that speaks volumes, probably more than... I think it's just interesting to know what other people are doing. Like, if you think about it right now, in Russia, someone is putting their kid down for a nap. Like, the things, like, isn't that cool all around the world? You seem to know an awful lot about what's going on in Russia right now, (laughs) comrade Elizabeth. I know, why did I pick Russia? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, So he's basically peeping through the peephole, trying to catch a glimpse of them coming back from their date. 
during that time we do get a little snap of you notice the the doodle on the wall yeah it's like one of those kids it's like the magnetic drawing doodling thing that yeah, you can like thank you. you pull like a little bar and it wipes it off and it has a pen attached to a string on it that you yeah. can like draw stuff on it basically so they took the effort in putting that on the wall instead of buying a whiteboard or, or a cork mm. board or something to put on the wall i've been keeping an eye out for this because it is something that is kind of like a a famous thing in Friends is their little doodle on the wall. And it, this, I've never noticed it before. No. I think this might be the first appearance of it, but oh, okay. it's something that pops up. It's not like a big plot thing or anything, but they keep an eye on it because the crew like to like drop in jokes and references mm-hmm. on it throughout it. So today See, it was just I, simple. There was just messages written on it. I notice things, don't I? You, you sure do. It's today, it said on it, you know, like a grocery list, like bread, milk, eggs, whatever. And then it said, Joey, call your dad. Yep. Well, keep an eye out for it. We'll see if there's other messages on there that we can... Does it reveal the end and what happens on it? It actually gives the ending away of Lost, which people were furious about. (gasps) Oh, that's not okay. Well, I mean, the show Lost wasn't on the air for another seven years as well, which is quite remarkable when you think about it. You're messing with me. Yes, yes, I am. So anyway, uh, he's peeping on things. Um... They come back, he's like spying, you don't see them, it's just on in the apartment that you see him watching them, and he's like, oh no, he's gone inside! And he like freaks out, and he's like, I need to go over there and disturb it and break it up! So he's going to go over there and borrow juice, because he needs juice. Um, Chandler goes to stop him, jumps on his back, Ross is trying to like drag him and the foosball table out with him, um, and Chandler gives him some home, home truths. He's like, it's over, you need to accept it, it's over. And I think Ross needed to hear that. Yeah, I think you're right. It was kind of a funny picture, though. Chandler's literally climbing up the door. Both his feet are on the door while he's on Ross's back. So it was a good image, but it does kind of chill Ross out a bit, I think, when he hears his friend say that to him. Mm Mm-hmm. We then cut to inside Monica and Rachel's apartment with Rachel and Mark. We get a bit where Monica... They're talking about how Monica numbers her coffee mugs so she can tell if one's gone missing. (laughs) I was busy writing that down in my notebook and I was about to look at you but before I could you were like that's such a good idea (laughs) I could just tell that you would be into that well it is a good idea especially if you live with other people because they could steal one what do you mean steal it so say you know things get messed up so you have six mugs or ten mugs whatever and if you put a little number on the bottom then if like someone had broken one and not told you about it because you have a roommate that was just trying to be like, oh, well, maybe she won't notice if I don't tell her. But then if number three gets broken and then you can be like, well, where's number three? Because I know I didn't lose it. Did someone lose it? And then that person has to fess up and then... But if you know how many... There's only two of them. So if it's not her, it's got to be Rachel. But No, it could have been. They're over at their house all the time. But if she knows how many coffee mugs she has, why does she need to number them? Because she can just be like, well, I have 13 coffee mugs and there's only 12 here, which means one's missing. Maybe, Like, no. what difference does it make that number four is missing? She just likes things a certain way. It's pointless, though. No, it's not. It, it's special for her. It's special for her. Um, Mark kisses Rachel. Yep. Intense heat between the two. Were you as turned on as I was? <laughs> um, yeah. Really mm-hmm. turned on. Rachel's just like, look, if anything happened between us, it would just be me trying to get back at Ross. And Mark's like, I'm okay with that. You can use me to get back at Ross. And you were kind of like, eh. I don't know. I know that he's being funny and just being like, yeah, no, it's cool. Like, uh, 
I'm willing to sleep with you because I'm yeah. here and I like you, whatever. But it did seem kind of skeezy the way he was doing it. Well, he just wants a bit of her because he's got a bit of a crush on her. But, like, he's not being forceful on it. It's just, like, she's being honest with him by being like, yeah, we could fool around, but it would be me just trying to get revenge. And he's just sort of like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't happen. Pete and Monica are at some sort of hospital fundraising benefit thing. Like an opening of a wing in a hospital or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pete seeks clarification on his relationship with Monica. Monica is like, you're great, but I'm just not that into you. We don't have that spark. And he's okay with it. I, I was very confused, though, because she just kind of said, you know, it's really unfortunate that I'm just not attracted to you. And she says it in such a throwaway line, and he answers so quickly, I didn't realize that that was the first time she had said it. Like, no, she's been saying, no, yeah, not to him. Right, so how was he to know? Maybe he He could assumed? pick up on it. Like, he's not an idiot. Like, she's tousling his hair. Like, you don't do that if you're, like, into yeah, a guy. Yeah, I guess. It just seemed so throwaway. Like, there should have been a moment, a beat, no, if you will. He just, he knew already. He just wanted to hear it so that he could then move on with it. So okay. So he was just like, put your cards on the table. I need to hear it. And he's like, it's okay. Yeah, fair enough. He deserves to know the truth instead of just being jerked around. You seem to, I'm surprised you like picked up on so many details from this because you seem to be distracted by some like out of place frat boy at this benefit. Oh my God. The, yeah, right behind them was like this young guy with like a crew cut in a, a red polo t-shirt with like a big watch just drinking a champagne and it was just so close to, they were, <laughs> he was so close to them. He was doing Jaeger bombs. <laughs> He just looked like a frat boy, and then you pointed out that he did have a little badge, like a little. Oh, I think tiger. he had like a stethoscope. He didn't. After you said that, I looked for it. He All didn't. Right. He just had a little badge. I think he's probably a... like a receptionist or like a nah. mail delivery person. No, they don't get invited to that shit. I don't know. Of course they don't. Maybe no, it's a real he's a doctor. Effort. He's a doctor. He was not a doctor. He was wearing scrubs. He wasn't. Wasn't wearing. Scrubs. He was wearing Everyone scrubs. Go into this and then tweet us and let me know who's right. Was he a frat boy with a name tag, or was he a doctor wearing scrubs? Because you know all the doctors wear scrubs. I mean, he was rather worryingly drinking a glass of champagne, so hopefully his shift had just finished. doctors definitely don't do that. Hopefully not while they're on duty. No, but it seemed like something you'd come out for at night, you know. Not wearing your scrubs, though. He wasn't wearing scrubs! He was wearing scrubs. I've seen enough episodes of no. the hit sitcom Scrubs to know when somebody okay. is wearing scrubs. Please inform me how many pairs of scrubs you have seen that have a collar and a v-neck to them. They all have a v-neck. They all... Nope, they just have their... No, way. they have a v-neck! Furious. Cut down. But how many collars have you seen? What? He didn't have a collar. Do you want to go back and check? God like the shirt? It. No. I've already been proved wrong on one... I'll show you after ...clothing argument in this episode. We don't have time to go back. So anyway, she's like, I'm not attracted to you. Pete's like, ah, that's okay. We'll still hang out. Maybe I'll win you over. And then they leave. Well, it turns out, though, that benefit was to honor him. He goes and cuts the red ribbon and then just kind of pieces out. He's just like, let's get out of here. It's kind of boring. Yeah, because he's Tony Stark. He's a playboy billionaire. He doesn't care. Uh, Joey is mad at Kate. He doesn't like her. He hates her. And then Chandler's like, sounds like you got a bit of a crush on her. And he's like, God, you're right. Yeah, because we see them at another rehearsal. We then cut to another rehearsal, yes, and they, they run through that scene again where he's like yelling and then they, they do that stage kiss, but this one, there's a bit of heat behind it and it lasts a little longer and it lingers. And when it's over, she's like all a, a tither. She's all in a tizzy. She's like, oh, what? Um, she tries to leave without her shoes on. Joey must be a good kisser. 
It's just a showmance. Who do you think is the best kisser of the friends? We've, we've probably talked about this before, but who do you think is the best kisser? You've seen them all kissing Male now. or female. Both. I think Rachel is probably the best female kisser. Right. Even though her lips are tainted with Ross's stink on them. Ugh, why would you say that? You're right. And I think... Yeah, I think Joey's probably the best. Okay. Male kisser. It looked like a good smooch anyway. He smooched her brains out. Yeah, he smooched her brains out, that's for sure. And then um, he goes to ask her out for a cup of coffee. But then it turns out that she's dating the director. Yeah, which seems a little strange because did she just get cast because of that? Oh, shit. That's what I was thinking. No, I think they got the part and then, you know, they they were up late discussing motivations because that's very important to her. And, (laughs) you know, things happen. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I just want to point out the progression of rehearsals. Oh, please do. So the, you know, the first one, blah, Tips blah, blah. from inside <laughs> the yeah. actor's studio. So the first time we see I'm going to look them. behind the curtain with Elizabeth Lovely. Here we go. So the first... More stories of the theater from the world-class raconteur that's Elizabeth Lovely. Here we go. So the first time we see them in rehearsal, they have their scripts. And they have nothing on stage with them. It's just them kind of looking at their scripts and saying their lines and whatever. So they're, they've clearly memorized them, but they still need reminders of what their cues are and stuff. They're and not they sure second, if they're blocking yet. No, they're not sure. And then the second time we see them, they have no scripts. And we have a couch and a chair. We have some of the set coming together. They know they're blocking. So it's oh, just cool shit. to see the progression. I wonder what the time frame was on that. Not long, I don't think. Maybe like a week? If that. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. Yes, so thank, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me. The great news is, is this is going to carry on for a couple of more episodes. This is like going to carry us through to the end of the season. So we're going to get lots and lots of theater chat from you. Why would you tell me that? That's not a spoiler. It's a storyline art. Fine. We then wrap up. Um, we're back in Monica and Rachel's apartment. Phoebe's asking why Spider-Man's not called Spider-Man. And then... Rachel comes home and Monica's like, oh, Ross dropped off a box for you. And she's just like, oh, God, it's probably just shampoos and stuff. And she looks in the box and the T-shirt's there. And she gets like a little smile on her face. And she's just like, oh, okay, good. And she goes into her room. Yeah. And there's the end credits. Yeah, I really thought that, see, that for me kind of signified that maybe they will get back together. Because, you know, Chandler said it was over. He got that into his mind. And then he decided that, you know what, that t-shirt was her stuff it did belong to her and that was kind of it was kind of big of him so maybe that kind of will warm rachel's cold dead heart and make her go back with him maybe but we skipped over lots of phoebe tonight phoebe wasn't really in it she was just making little comments always in it and my her and chandler were just kind of background dressing okay but like you know chandler had some good funny scenes too but she was saying, yeah, you know, like, Steinman and Goldman, why isn't there a gold man? And I think that there is a gold man. What do you mean? Like an Oscar. He's a gold man. <laughs> there's not... There's not a superhero called gold man. No, no. but there's an Oscar oh, statue. God, so... It's a gold man. Let's <laughs> see. So what what happens after the ending credits, Michael? Oh, uh, um... You see Phoebe and Chandler talking about the gold man a little bit more. And then you see them playing 
a game that Chandler likes to play where he sits in his chair and says, like, there can't be two of us in this here town. And then they go draw. And then they pull their leather seats up. And it's whoever goes first. Whoever's, like, foot part goes first wins. It's like a quick fire game with the reclining chairs. Okay, that was much better. I had a little bit to drink. Very good. And that's the end. That was the end. It was a good episode. It was a great episode. Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Left a lot during it. Good, good episodes. Definitely an improvement on last week's one anyway. Absolutely. Bloody hell, that, was, yeah, that, was that wasn't a good one. And it sets us up quite nicely for the end of the season. You know, Ross and Rachel, will they, won't they? We're back to that Whoa. again. Hooray. Can't they just go away? Joey's got a wee crush on someone that they're acting in a play in. How long do you rehearse these plays? Like four weeks or so? Depends. Whoa building up to opening night monica and pete what's going on there what's gonna happen god it's all it's all coming together quite nicely and then there's phoebe and chandler who are just there there yeah well phoebe's brother is getting married oh right yeah spoiler alert we we won't see that ah and that just about wraps it up no it does wrap it up i suppose yep it does (laughs) all right well that's gonna do it for this week's episode it's been a good one I've been Michael, you've been Elizabeth. Thank you all very much for listening. If you want to help support the show, a couple of ways that you can do that, you can give us a follow on Twitter, at FriendsPod, and join in the discussion. You can check out our website, friendstilltheend.podomatic.com, which uh, has all of our old episodes on it, as well as some rather fetching artwork from illustrator Arthur Hamer. And as always, you can... Help support the show by spreading the word, word of mouth, good old-fashioned way. Tell a friend about us. Get them involved. We're coming up on our year anniversary of doing these shows, Elizabeth. Oh that's my exciting, gosh, right? that's amazing. Right? Wow, yeah. that's really cool. Yep, a couple more weeks. Should, Should we celebrate? Fun. I don't know how, but yeah, we'll think about it. Alright. If you have any suggestions, give us a tweet. And you know what we didn't do today? We didn't do Ask Elizabeth, and I think that's because... I don't have any questions for we, you. We don't have any questions. Mm-hmm. And and I would love an excellent Ask Elizabeth. You guys know me by now. Ask Elizabeth. A good one. All right, you can tweet us for that. But apart from that, thank you all very much for listening. And we'll, we'll catch you next time on Friends Till the End. See you later, buddy. Bye. Bye.